Welcome to Ideas Are Bulletproof, a production of the Press Pause Network. And we're back. Back again. A very good evening to everyone listening. Or afternoon, morning, daytime, nighttime, whichever. Midnight, <laughs> after midnight, <laughs> booty call hours. <laughs> I love the idea that people are just going, oh, at midnight, they put the episode up, I'm going to tune in. <laughs> That's some dedication, that is. That is, that is. You know, I really love that. I love that. I hope we're not going to be implicated in anybody uh, staying up and just completely ruining themselves from a lack of sleep. Nah, because I think the I think it's interesting to talk about certain topics that are. I suppose though, with Bill Gates' great plan to block the sun, it's probably a better time than there ever has been in history to start, you know, moving away from a, 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 a circadian rhythm and just any time is night time when there's no sun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! 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 I suppose that'll make our intros easier. Just yeah. Every every episode, <laughs> just start with good night, <laughs> good evening. Yep. Good, good evening. <laughs> good that's evening, everyone. It. Good evening again. Booty call cool hours. Booty call. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Bch for everyone. <laughs> what a week! I mean, what two weeks? What two weeks? Yeah. What two weeks? Do you know what I I compiled my list for last week and then I thought I should probably compile another list for this week of all the stuff to talk about and I just thought no we'll never get through it <laughs> <laughs> the, the previous week's undertakings was was so exuberant that it just didn't seem to, to warrant getting any more information and I was I, do you know what I was struggling the other day I was thinking I can't remember the last episode if we if we spoke about the sad and heartbreaking demise of our uh, of, of 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 a man. Uh, yeah, I, I think we did touch on it. Did we touch on it? I think we did, but uh, I mean, you're more than welcome to go. Do you know what time has just again. kind of blended together since he's gone, and I don't really know which way is up anymore. I'm struggling to hide the glee. You know, I feel like it's a good job. There's no cameras. Yeah, <laughs> these are t- there are tears, but Philip wouldn't want me to. Uh, is it Philip or Charles? See, I don't even Philip. Philip. Yeah, they blend in together, man. All these these reptilians, they they blur together. Um, yeah, everyone seems so. What I find funny, even he's, he's what would you call them? He's he's fans for want of a word. His admirers are like, oh. Do you know what? We didn't. We didn't go into it. I feel like no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We I didn't feel like it, we didn't. It was the ninth. Because I, I put it on my notes to talk about. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Go full throttle. <laughs> full throttle. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think there's anyone in the world that probably hasn't heard right now that, you know, our, our beloved Prince Philip is gone. And... um yeah, I mean, it's been obviously all over the news, was interrupted. It's been so over the news that they actually 
popped into the news or, or live broadcasting last month before he died. That's how that's that's how sad we are as a nation that we time traveled a month ago. You, you know, we, we knew what was going to happen. Would you like to elaborate on that one? Of course, of course <laughs> I would. Because um, I'm a bit confused right now. I'm I'm a bit confused. What what do you mean? I I mean, are you trying to say that you know his death was already announced before he's de- I, I, I'm I'll, gonna, I'll let you take this I'm going to be as clear and concise as Prince Philip's racism um, <laughs> so last month uh, during a, 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 it was a I think it was on the BBC it was either BBC One BBC Two one of the the, the propaganda networks uh, daily broadcasting the show was interrupted and it went on to a commemorative reel of Prince Philip's life um and before it cut to black and we know cuts to black because anyone who's followed 911 knows that when something goes wrong that you you know you've made a mistake just cut to black and everything is fine you know say it was a glitch and and that's you know that that will cover it up quite nicely and that's exactly what they did they they cut to black and they said oh sorry it was a glitch now a, a glitch is the wrong words on an auto cue or perhaps the audio is slightly out of sync or perhaps there's no audio at all but what a glitch definitely isn't is a black and white commemorative reel of prince philip a month before he died cutting into whatever it was i can't even remember what program it was some of those cringy daytime quiz shows that's not a glitch and again that was in that was mid-march and of course the month later oh it's all 22nd of march i think yeah and the months later it's like oh phillips died and we just didn't see it coming which was i mean everyone else saw it coming because when he when he came out in that motorcade looking that he could have been dead then do you, I've I've I always thought that, that I personally could, did. I do you think they just propped him up? Um, there was no like rolling footage of it, was there? It was just pictures, no. right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. went back to try and you know to find something, and not being funny, it could have quite easily been photoshopped. But he looked dreadful. Mm-hmm. You know, he looked at the, the the very end of his life then, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, he it was that that it's more in the eyes I find where he was just not there. Yeah. You could just tell, even from the picture, he was just not there. And it, it, the only question really is, did he die a month ago and they've left it as a, as a commemorative, ritualistic token of a certain day? Uh, and I think the, the evidence kind of pushes towards that because for anyone who's looked into it, uh, died on his 99th, well, died at the age of 99, uh, on the 99th day of the month. Uh, and what was the, what was the of other? Of the year. Of the year, yeah. 99th day of the year. Um, he, he took the jab on the 9th of January. Oh, did he? Yeah. Another nine. And uh, yeah, and the 9th of uh, of April is the day that he, he passed. 9th of April. Well, the, yep. which At 99 years old on the 99th day of the year. Took the jab on the 9th. They, they love these nines. That's six nines, you know. Is it six nines? Yeah. It's just something about those nines, isn't it? It's not that they're upside down sixes. No, no. It, and, and you know, the, 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 the secret, the esoteric meaning is turn everything upside down and that's where the, the, the real order from chaos is. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, what what are the statistical chances that you would fulfill all of those? You know, that you you, you die on the on the the ninth day, ninety ninth day into the year, ninety nine years old after taking your jab on the ninth. What what I mean, surely that's in the the most astronomical numbers that people are going. Oh come on, now that the chances, you know. Yeah, the chances are not. Um yeah, yeah. I just don't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, what do, what do we think happened to him? Well, I, obviously, to me, definitely they. You know, if you if people that know about gematria and um, and know about numbers and symbolism, then obviously that is um, to me that's a ritual in yeah. your face. Yeah. I think even even on the BBC, I think they were wearing black on that day before the announcement mm, was mm, made. Mm. And uh, normally when they wear black, that means that, you know, that is commemorating someone's death. Of course. So yeah. they've already been prepped already. Um, and then also they're saying that he died peacefully in his sleep when we all know that he's supposedly gone to hospital, had, you know, surgery and, you know, lots of things. But then just to die peacefully in your sleep, I don't think so. I'm not buying it. No. Not at all. There's there's nothing that, that would really indicate that. And I'm I mean again this is this is the chap that said when he dies he wants to be reincarnated as a a virus. As a virus. Um and would like to a deadly virus. A, yeah, deadly pathogen to wipe out uh a significant number and, and ease the overpopulation in the world. And it, it, it just it stinks of a ritual, it stinks of Philip is is dying. Well, whatever day he died, they're commemorating him on on this specific day mm. as part of the the ritual announcement of his death. To to for, is he then going to be reincarnated as the the great strain? Mm. You know that's gonna that's gonna come through now. And we're overdue, obviously. With you know, the, if you've as we mentioned in previous episodes, if you've read by now, and I hope you have the. Rockefeller Institute simulation lockstep. We've, we're ticking every box. The only box that we're kind of missing right now is they said that there would be about 8 million deaths pretty fairly early on, and we're not at that number, or indeed anywhere close, I would say. And But we're ticking every other box. We're ticking the, the, um, the PPE. We're ticking the mandatory face masks. Uh, the biometric security that it would start in China, uh, that it would be avian in nature first of all, and it spread to people, that it would f- spread to America through the airways, and America would be lambasted for being so lax with with quarantining it, uh, and that eventually, obviously, China would get a hold of it, and the whole world would celebrate China's success. But we're just missing the deaths, and it seems. I mean, I always said this, and I've said this on the the podcast before. I don't understand how when it's all about data and not about dates, as as ONS and uh, Public Health England just keep pronouncing the, the same mantra over and over again. If it's about data and not dates, how can they say this was the last lockdown? They said to everybody, didn't they, this is the last lockdown. We're not having another lockdown. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the media has rejoiced almost in saying oh could there be a third lockdown you know let's um let's let's 
cover that ground. But it seems a very clear and pretty concise message from our leaders that that was the last lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand that because it's always been, it's been the same thing we've gone through every time that, you know, the numbers are extremely high um, because they're testing so many people. Then they put us on lockdown and they stop testing as many people. And the numbers drop down and then they go, oh, the numbers have dropped down. Now we'll give you a, a tiny taste of freedom. And they let you out. And then like, a, you know, an, an abusive spouse, they go, oh, you're making me do this. And I know I said you could do this. I know I said you could go outside and you could see your friends and you could go down the pub. But when you do these things, you don't understand that you're making me do this. You're making me lock you back down again. And we're already seeing that. I don't know if you saw the uh, Sky News ran an article. On the very first day we came out of lockdown, um, eight hours after the pubs opened, they said cases had skyrocketed <laughs> in, in eight hours. All right. I mean, considering if you have a test, you don't get the result on the same day. So any skyrocketing of numbers would have had to been from three or four days before. But somehow the day we opened, they managed to test everyone and, uh, and and find out that the cases had just exploded from our very, very limited exposure. It's incredulous, isn't it, that that's, that's something that they could actually go, oh, they'll believe this. And, um, you know, quite sadly, they're, they're often right because we do just absorb it and we, we swallow it, not, not us, us, of course. Uh, but... But most other people just they they seem to to to, to, to not ask the question. The, the faculties have been completely suspended. There is no critical thinking anymore. It's literally, well, they they said the case exploded when we came out, so they so they absolutely must have. Um, but it is uh, it's nice, isn't it? That not not the the only thing that's kind of getting me is that people I keep seeing who believe in the, the the standard kind of narrative of what's being pushed on us are saying oh it's nice that we're going back to normality isn't it but it it isn't normality is it no no one's you know they might take their mask off when they're at their at the, the the pub table outside when they're having their drinks in the sun but they'll put them back on again as they get up and leave so it's, it's it isn't normality it's this twisted black mirror-esque dystopian normality and we know it's obviously it's just a, a a blip it's just a it's it's opening the cage doors for a while it's recreational time for the inmates that's what it is you know it's just, it's figuratively your your hour outside to kind of socialize and and remember that you know you're you're not entirely incarcerated if you want to get down to the brass tacks of it but at the same time you're still returning to your cell when time's up and, uh, I mean, people are, I mean, I know why they're doing it. Of course we know why they're doing it. It's the, it's the mental break. That's all it is. People are getting fed up of being locked down. And, of course, most people are not doing what they're being advised to do anymore because it's nonsense. And because, obviously, at this point, we've all almost collectively realised that, it, okay, it's it's overblown. Sadly, we're still wearing our masks and we're still, 
social distancing and we're still, you know, pulling hand sanitizer every which way. But things are, 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 are I mean, ah, disasperation is definitely the the kind of the, the prevailing mental whatever you would call it whatever you know we're, we're, what a world we're in what a strange upside down world i did you know i did look at work the other day and i just watched the entire store just full of people wearing masks and 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 really kind of had that that moment to myself where i thought it doesn't even look that strange anymore and that's one of the worst things it it, it I thought it's becoming normalised. You know, it's, it's being so normal to just see everyone wearing these things now. I kind of see what you're saying, but I think when I see someone without a mask or a fellow person without a mask... Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's kind of... If re- it's refreshing to see a face. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I worked with someone today and they wore the mask the whole day and it's the first day that I met them. I, I don't know what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> like... I don't know. I, I don't know what they... They, run up they didn't want to take off the mask the whole the day. the street of the pub, they'll be like, Chris, Chris, and you'll be like, oh, <laughs> you. <laughs> Old blue eyes. My, my, <laughs> my friend. But yes, it's, it's, it's both so alien and so dislocated. But at the same time, it's just becoming accepted now. Yeah. And that's even from us that don't want to accept it. You know, the people that are, that are real deep in this and believe it, it must just be everyday affair now. I wonder if they even notice, you know, we, we obviously quip so often about people wearing them in their cars and things like that. Made a, 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 a valiant, somewhat brave return to the gym this week. Um, and there was a, a woman doing some heavy squats in a mask. Oh wow! Yeah, and the gym rules are, you know, if was it a blue mask? Surgical was mask. It was a surgical mask. And the rules are, if you're moving between the equipment, then they ask you to wear your mask when you're moving between. Oh. So obviously, you're coming into position with other people. But the it isn't a really a rule that's being upheld too much. It's uh, it's more implied. If you could do this, this would be great. But. No one's really doing it, which is, you know, I'm all for that. Absolutely all for that. But yet they're in there. They're, they're in her. So the, what they've done, they've put all these kind of taped white boxes on the floor. You know, these, these little, this is your area. You know, if you're going to leave this area, put your mask on. And this woman is, is, is doing these big old heavy squats in a surgical mask. And anyone who's ever done some heavy squats in the gym knows they're they're pretty taxing, uh, and they they're almost akin to a cardiovascular workout where you you really feel it. And I just can't imagine the the anguish that she would have been in by doing that. But it's sad that we've reached this extent now where people are, are, are genuinely believe that if they take that off, you know they're they're, they're going to get ill. There's no other choice but to to keep that on at all times. <laughs> Even in the early days, there were some jokes about people that were uh, wearing their masks while going out jogging. You know, people swimming in their masks. Uh, even people drinking through them. So there's a, a, a video going right now of people at a restaurant who are actually drinking wine through the mask or... Uh, alternatively, you know, they're, 
they'll, they'll pull their they'll pull their mask down just for a quick second to put their fork of food in there, and then the mask is back up and they're <laughs> sitting at a formal dinner going through this absolutely ridiculous routine. Is it a blue mask? Of course, it's a blue mask. It's crazy. I think the blue mask is definitely the most. It's a symbol, isn't it, of all of this? It's the trendy one. It, it is. I don't know if they're the ethylene oxide trendy one. I don't know if they're cheap or what the case is with them, but just everyone has them. Yeah, do you know what? Today I bumped into two nurses. They're wearing two um, the the blue ones, mm. and um, I was just, I thought, and the, the reason why I approached them is because um, they were with a child, and the child had the blue, the blue one as well. So oh. I said, I said to them, look, um, like you do know, like like, like I'm not being. Sorry to Were interrupt. they outside? No, the, well, we were inside um, a building. And uh, and I said to them, look, um, sorry to bother you and that, but I know you've got your child with you, but try not to get your child to wear that mask mm. um, because it's, you know, um, it's sterilising ethylene oxide. And they was like, oh, yeah, we know. I said, oh, oh okay. I said, oh, yeah, we're nurses. I said, okay, oh, yeah, we work in the COVID ward. Right, so then you should know more. I said, yeah, but everything's sterilising ethylene oxide. I said, oh, cool. But what's the biggest killer in the world? Cancer, right? Yep. And they was like, well, yeah, well, you know, you know, we've been wearing this for years. Like, and when, know, is that, like, when has that ever been a defence? You know, at some point, oh, everyone smokes. Oh, everyone drinks. Everyone takes drugs. <laughs> that's, that's not a defence for, you know, for doing something that's going to inherently harm you. And I can get it. I can get it if you want to put it on yourself. And the same way, if you want to take your vaccine because you have some completely unfounded and mis- misguided notion that it's going to save you, that it's going to protect you from this super, super deadly virus that affects next to no one, that's fair enough. But why would you do it on your kids? You know, no, most people, well, I don't know if they do know. I was going to say most, most people are probably familiar with the notion that it's an experimental vaccine. You know, by design, until 2023, it's entirely experimental. We're in the long-term trials right now. And surely you would go, look, I'm looking at the data. It barely affects kids. uh, And the IFR for children is almost non-existent, especially non-existent, absent any serious comorbidities. You know, but me as an adult, maybe I'm, I'm, you know, uh, maybe I've smoked for so many years. Maybe I'm a bit more of a, uh, a bit more of a risk. So I'll, I'll take the vaccine. But why would you put it on your kids? It's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a testament. And if it wasn't so twisted and macabre, there would have to be some level of respect for how completely they've rolled this out, how absolutely they've infiltrated the minds of, of just everyone. It's, it's scary. It's really scary. It, it really, you know, it, it, I mentioned several episodes ago that, that Black Mirror or the, the uh, creator, Charlie Brooker, of, of Black Mirror, the Black Mirror series, um, was attacked for doing bus stops and on the bus stops there were just one big mirror and it said uh, Black Mirror season, I think it was five, coming soon. And obviously it was just you in your mask, you know, staring into the reflective mirror on the bus stop, you know, surrounded by the... And it was so spot on. 
so, so spot on. And obviously he got attacked for saying that, oh, you know, you shouldn't really compare what's going on right now to a, you know, a series that's the, the primary focus is this absolute dystopian horror show. Uh, and, the, the you know, the, the increasing reach of uh, technology and how it's destroying us. But it was such a, it was a fantastic message to anyone who was looking into that, especially if they were to not have heard of Black Mirror and then go home and then watch the series afterwards. Uh, uh, but here we are, you know, we're, this, this is this is the world now. And it's um, it's only getting worse, isn't it? I'm, I'm waiting for the uh, I'm waiting for it to ease off ever so slightly. And again, if you're not kind of switched on, you go well. It is easing off, isn't it? You know, we're back in pubs. You know, we're, we're socialising. The rule of six is mostly redundant at this stage, but it's it's not. As I said, this is just this is just so you will be complicit in everything that's coming forward. It's just that little mental break because they know if they push and push and push and push and their behavioural specialists have told them this, if you keep poking, you put the dog in the corner for too long and get its back up too much, it's going to bite eventually. So you need to back off. You know, you need to give them some breathing room. And then when you push again, they're going to, you know, you've got some room to push from them. You're not just... uh, you're not just poking the angry bear on that one. And that's literally all this is. And I, I it's, it's sad that people don't recognise it for that. They, you know, they think this is the start of return to normal. Unless you're Klaus Schwab and, you know, you're, you're, you know what's going on. Yeah. And I think even with um, Boris Johnson, when he, he basically said that um, the numbers um, have fallen, not because of the vaccines, um, the numbers have fallen because of the lockdowns. And I think that's pretty much telling you what's going to happen next. Because oh, of course it is. And doesn't it make you, you know, doesn't it make you laugh how much they've pushed these vaccines, how these have been a focus for so, so long, so long. And they're already saying, oh, we've populated well over half of England's population, you know, well over, we're, we're, we're more than 50% done. And it's only now, uh, you know, coming to the, the difficult age groups are always going to be where they are right now. Essentially, the, the 40s and below was where they were going to struggle. And they are struggling. You know, there's, there's some evidence of that struggle. But only now, at the tail end of this, they're going, oh, it's, the vaccines aren't actually really that important on hindsight. Why have they been the primary focus for the longest time? And again, there's, there's countries like China. I think Thailand is another one of them. Uh, that they haven't, they haven't had vaccines. You know, they just did their lockdown and their lockdown worked, and then they're uh, they're back to regular life, back to concerts, back to everything. Whereas we're apparently stuck in this never-ending cycle, where apparently because we just can't do what we're told, we have to keep going through this again and again and again and again. It makes you laugh because I don't know many people who are not doing what they're told. I really don't. And again, how much effect does it really make when, say, you know, say you, say you walk around your supermarket and you're not wearing your mask? How does that compare to a country like China with, you know, a, a billion plus population? You know, how does that how does that really scope up for there? If I can't imagine that everyone over there is following the rules to an absolute degree and again there are underclasses in those cities 
that that will never do what they're told. You know that that, are, that know they're stigmatized, know they're blacklisted. The 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 far-reaching tentacles of the social credit score doesn't affect them anymore because they are the unmentionables. They are the the complete. You know the the, the shadow people of that entire system. But there you go. We're meant to believe that. We're really we're meant to kind of swallow that nonsense, and it's uh, it's crazy. It, it it really really is crazy. It's really crazy. And again, people don't see it coming. Um, what I would say, just why why I touched on Black Mirror very very briefly, because it's a fantastic series, and and there has been some kind of back and forth debate somewhat of the director and the producer Charlie Brooker if he has inside knowledge of kind of what's what's coming or what you know maybe he's savvy to what's what's going on and what has been going on but there is a a, a fantastic episode where it it shows you if you're not kind of if you can't picture the the social credit system and how it's going to work if you can't imagine that in your mind there's a fantastic episode that shows you exactly what's going to happen and it, it largely centers around, uh, you know, a woman who's looking to kind of move forward in life. And it shows you very, in her, in her business, whenever you do something good for someone, it you hold up your phone and, it, you know, you kind of almost take a picture of them or you see them on your screen. And then you rate them in real time. And that rating goes onto their social networking page. And that, that networking page is something that's very, very akin to Facebook. And it's made to look intentionally like Facebook. You know, with the with all the profile pictures, the liking system, the endless news feed, and it's clear what it was being hinted at. But it's it's terrible because uh, I mean, she's looking to get a mortgage, so she's wanting to move out, and she's looking at this lovely home, and she has a look around, and it's just blown away by it. And they say, "Oh, well, you need to be a four point eight to buy this home. Uh, at the minute, you're only a, a four point six five. So you need to you need to get higher ratings, but it's so funny because you know she'll be out in public and she'll uh, before she leaves the house you know she might be eating chocolate or she might be eating something that uh, she perhaps shouldn't eat in some strange and quite invasive argument. So she'll swap to having a salad or she'll uh, she'll make this detestable green goo that she'll spread onto dry rye crackers and, and be seen eating them because the the idea that people could see her and and rate her down based on what she's uh, what she's doing or not doing is the forefront of her entire existence and i won't ruin too much of the episode for you because obviously it's something that you really should watch and the entire series is is absolutely a, a, a hallmark of, of, of where we're going collectively. And it's funny to see that some of the things that Black Mirror have kind of uh, prophesized over the last so many years are now things that we're seeing in real time. But it's, it's, it's certainly worth a watch and it will certainly bring to light, as I mentioned, what a social credit system, what a two-tiered society will be what it will be like for the vaccinated and then the unvaccinated very 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 scary stuff but as i said definitely worth a look definitely definitely worth a look there is 
of course, the prevailing mindset in all of this, and this is something that you need to give yourself some time with because it's something that, I mean, I know I've struggled with and I know Nathan struggles with and I'm sure Chris has struggled with it. But the this is, is so heavy right now. All of this stuff is so heavy with what's going on. And you're not subject, none of us are subject essentially to a, a what would you call it, a, an organic um, national health response. You are undergoing a military psychological experiment on you. You know, you are undergoing psychological warfare as though you are the army. And you know that because they got the army involved. You know, they've had the army handing out uh, the vaccines, handing out the test kits. So when you're at home and you're starting to feel very demotivated or you're feeling depressed or you develop anxiety or you're just struggling to cope, don't think that it's any kind of weakness in your psyche that that's what's going on. It's because you are literally being attacked psychologically and spiritually right now. Massively. And it's, um, you know, people, I've, I've legitimately had people really close to me who have, have taken this extremely hard. And I'm sure Nathan won't mind me mentioning that he is one of these people. And uh, we'll... I'm sure when we get him next back on the on the podcast would would probably quite happily be willing to to perhaps discuss aspects of that. But it is extremely hard to to manage. It's extremely hard. And it it's the more the more you know about it and the more you've seen it and the more you've seen it coming for so many years, the more difficult it is to live through because as I've mentioned before and I'm sure Chris will attest as much as we've all followed this for years, I didn't think I'd see this in my lifetime. I didn't think we were here yet. You know, it's, uh, I, I honestly thought, you know, maybe another maybe another 20, the technology didn't seem like it was there yet. Yeah, no. Nah. But it's amazing, isn't it, how, that how I mean, realistically, they have been holding, thing, holding stuff back from us. You know, the, the, the entire infrastructure that they're pulling up right now has just seemed to to be uh, uh you know at one second just a uh, uh, discussed amongst tech enthusiasts really and all of a sudden it's it's everywhere you know and they're, they're knocking the infrastructure up outside your door at a time when you know that you and me regular people were not allowed to go outside but they're also knocking a network up that, that many have said is from the consumer level benefits us not even really in a in a noticeable way. Interesting, isn't it, how they manage to do all of that. There's certain topics we tend to try and steer clear. <laughs> and <laughs> I do like to wind uh, Chris and the tech guy John up by um Thanks. Giving the, the podcast some some colourful <laughs> monikers. <laughs> Uh, the ideas are bulletproof. The only place for for certain uh, certain certain thought, but by knowing that, you know, by by us going full depth into that and a lot of things, it's um, you you flag up an algorithm that's constantly looking for you to say certain things, which is why we, again, we don't mention certain groups, we don't mention certain uh, infrastructures and networks that are being put up around us right now because it's listening for those words, and uh, I mean at least we can talk about them you notice on on the bigger channels especially on youtube particularly 
there's there's the algorithm that looks for you to say COVID-19 or coronavirus or vaccine or any of those buzzwords. Uh, and people are getting flagged and chopped and changed left, right and centre. Um, sadly, James Corbett, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I will mention again, James Corbett from the Corbett Report has had his YouTube channel taken down after 14 years. Unreal. Uh, and James has always been just a fantastic, if somewhat melodramatic insight into what's been going on. And I'm frankly surprised he lasted as long as he did. Um, but there you go. You know, I don't... Uh, Can he be followed anywhere else? So I believe someone... I'm not sure if it's James himself, because normally there are rules, as far as I'm aware on YouTube, where if your channel gets taken down and you start another channel and it's very clear that you're the host of that channel that they just take that secondary channel down. Um, and I don't know if you know of the YouTuber Keemstar, who is another one of these, uh, what would you, what are they called now? Influencers. Filth by any other name. But he had many, many strikes against his YouTube channel. I think it was taken down. He just handles internet drama and all this junk to get yourself, you know, to get the regular person just... You know, you come into work and you're like, oh, did you hear about such and such did this and was caught doing this yeah, or yeah. sleeping with this? You know, all that all that mindless drivel. Anyway, he had his channel taken down and started another channel and I think YouTube came after him and he effectively said, but I'm not the owner of this channel. You know, I am, I am a presenter on this show, but it's not my channel anymore. It's someone else's channel and I think that's how he skirted around it. So, and I think James Corbett has uh, a secondary channel that seems to be managed by someone else um that's popping up um but it seems to be it seems to be a little bit less of he had his specific segments on you know uh effectively modern resistance uh information on the vaccines information on the digital passports things like that and now it seems to be more of a mirror for his podcasts which are although very educational and informative are you know, an hour and a half, two hours long, as opposed to the smaller sort of 15 or 20 minute videos, which were more um, palatable for a lot of people um, to just get the information they specifically wanted from it. So he's back in in in, in a kind. Um, but it, it goes to show you, doesn't it, 14 years up, and it's now, at this time, that he's taken down. Um, I've got some also some tasty information. And I, I promise, <laughs> I promised her that I would uh, mention this on tonight's podcast. Um, so a friend of ours used to be in the sort of beauty industry, you know, beauty therapy, makeup, frontline sales of, of makeup and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that job went completely belly up because at the time when you couldn't go to people's home for the last, you know, year, effectively... And you couldn't give people these trials and these skincare routines and do all that stuff for them there. Uh, they, they put her on furlough, first of all, and then they effectively said, look, th there isn't a job for you because we're just losing too much money. Uh, she was a fairly, although she's been in the industry for years and years, she was a fairly new starter at this particular company. So it was, uh, you know, kind of last in, first out. Anyway, in the desperation, as so many have been in looking for a new job, uh, she became a COVID test deliverer is that a probably the, the i don't know what they if they have an official title um much to my 
<laughs> quite vocal uh, disagreement at the time. But at the end of the day, that's the goal, isn't it? You know, if you put a lot of people out of work and the only jobs that you can find are these COVID marshals and these, uh, you know, um, volunteer vaccinators and uh, the people who will bring a test to your door, um, you're going to take it because most people live paycheck to paycheck. And if you can't find another job and you're suddenly faced with a rent that just will not stop uh, and obviously the, 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 requirements of daily life you'll take what you can get so there's no uh there's no bad blood there for for people even if you you know if you're listening and that's you or you know have family members that have done that we all have to do somewhat what we have to do to survive and many are not in the privileged position to be able to pick and choose when it you know when it really comes down to it but i got in her car and she had all these you know the tests in there and um she was mentioning about the test and she said oh yeah they're because what she said, <laughs> I won't. I won't. I was gonna. I was gonna slightly drop her in it. Then I won't drop her in it. Anyway, so let's just say this. So part of the job that she was required to do, she wasn't doing to its complete fruition sometimes. And I'll leave that open to elaboration. And I said, do they not care? Do they not care that it isn't? You know, that maybe they're not. Um, they're not seeing the the, the 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 final result of a lot of these things. And she said, no. As long as they get their vouchers, they're fine. And I was like, what do you mean you vouchers? She's like, yeah, you get a va- you get vouchers every time you take a test. And she said, they're doing it in my company and most of the companies are doing it as well. So she said that on your, on your first test, you get a £50 voucher. And these can be used on Amazon, they can be used on Argos, they can be used any of the major supermarkets. They're essentially vouchers with, with unlimited avenues to spend them. So you get £50 for your first test and that's for taking it so you take the test and it's uh, whether it's positive or negative you get your voucher comes with your email and then you get 25 pound for every subsequent test and <laughs> do you know it made so much sense it made so much sense because she says there's families now especially poorer families that are effectively saying yep yeah, test me my partner test my three or four kids as well Test the grandparents, you know. And all of a sudden, these guys are getting 300, 400 pounds in vouchers on the first instance. And if that test comes back as negative, they can just take another test. They can take another test. So they can sure, then they get 25 pounds of vouchers the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time, and the fifth time. But she did tell me that there's a particular family that were quite openly boasting, saying, oh, well, our, our son wanted a, a PlayStation 5. We can't afford it, so we're taking the test, we're getting the vouchers, and we put it towards his PlayStation 5. That's a, that's a birthday present for him. But never in, <laughs> never in history has there been some kind of incentive program for you to test yourself. They're obviously buying up... Uh, and trying to keep the amount of tests and the amount of cases and the amount of infections as, as high as they possibly can. It's ludicrous, isn't it? When you really, really boil down to it, it's please keep testing yourself. Why? Surely I should test myself when I know I'm, you know, if I start developing symptoms, I should then test myself because I'm visibly ill. That, that's when it should make sense. And of course... The CDC, as they said uh, in the early days, 
that and and and, and uh, Carrie Mullis himself, the inventor of the PCR, said you shouldn't be testing asymptomatic people because you're not you're not picking up active virus if they're asymptomatic and they've got no symptoms. There's no reason to test. And they said that the uh, the accuracy of the test goes down to less than two percent if you use it on an asymptomatic person. This is bearing in mind as well that asymptomatic spread has not conclusively been proven to even exist. And if you don't believe that, you can have a Google. So no one has really proven beyond a reasonable reasonable doubt that, that asymptomatic spread exists, that you can pass the virus onto someone else, you can pass it onto someone else, if you're not showing any symptoms. And of course, the government advertisements have, have gone the other way and said, you know, pretend that you've got it. Munchausen's by proxy, pretend that you're ill and act as though you're infected with a deadly pathogen and that you're passing it on to everyone. Just twisted, twisted in so many strange ways, just to pretend you're ill, pretend you're a carrier. When there's no evidence of that, there is no strong evidence of asymptomatic spread, so why would I pretend I'm ill? It makes no sense whatsoever, really, really doesn't. But there you go. So you heard it here, and I'm sure we are <coughs> just one of many places that are reporting the incentivizing of taking a test. Who's paying this money? That's the thing. So what you have to remember is who is putting the money down for these £50 credit vouchers per test? Who is fronting that and why? What philanthropic institution is just deciding to give away? And again, this friend of mine will test potentially hundreds of people a week, every week, and has been doing so for about six months now. And she's just one of many, many people that are doing the same job, that are working with, you know, she's got many, many colleagues that work with her doing exactly the same job. Hundreds of tests a week, sometimes thousands a month. And you think they're giving away £50 vouchers a time. So even in her own experience, she could have potentially given away, you know, uh, several hundred thousand pounds worth of vouchers. For, for, for Who's putting the money down? It's not Bezos. <laughs> it's definitely not Amazon. You know, Amazon hasn't committed to giving you free Amazon vouchers. And the, the thing is, where are you? These, these are happening. So someone is paying for them. But no one's coming out and saying, oh, it's us. It's us that's doing it. We're, we're so concerned about people, you know, being healthy and being safe and, uh, and making sure it isn't spreading that we are giving people hundreds of thousands or, you know, in, in, in total millions of pounds to just to have a test, you know, just, just to test and you get all that money. It's just, who, who's fronting it? Really, that's what I want to know. Where's the money coming from? Yeah. Amazon's not in the business. <laughs> of you know yeah surely amazon's gonna go well i've got you know people keep spending these 50 pound vouchers with us but who's you know we're losing we're effectively who's 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 the beneficiary in this mm -hmm. you know who 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 benefits from what's going on right now why is someone willfully or why is the government willfully paying and again say it is coming from the government and i'd say that's a fairly i would say that's a fairly reasoned argument given that no, again, no individual has come forward. Gates has not come forward and said, oh, if you take your test, I'll give you a £50 voucher. 
So if we assume it's coming from the uh, it's coming from the government themselves, whose money is the government paying to all these people who are taking a test? It's our money. Mm-hmm. So they're using our money to keep us incarcerated, to keep that money going up. You know, they're 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 paying people to keep taking tests. There's a really uh, there's an old quote that says you can always pay one half of the poor to kill the other. And it's very, very true. You know, they're essentially people that are desperate for money, that are more desperate for a £50 or a £25 voucher than the the notion that they're, you know, that this is all one big conspiracy and could be holding them down, make them lose their job in the future or, the, you know, their children's jobs, their children's futures, as long as they get their £50 voucher. I know for sure if someone offered me a £50 voucher to take the test, I could... Uh, Tell them where to stick that. You can stick it up your ass. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think the song was "You can stick your COVID vaccine up your ass." Yep. It's worth mentioning as well. While we're on the uh, the wonderful rhythmic chants of the people, the ninety nine percent, there is a. Sorry, let me correct that. There's definitely not a mass protest planned in uh, London on the twenty fourth of April. Um, coincidentally, if you did want to go for a walk through London on the 24th of April um, at Speaker's Corner at 1pm, it, sh- it will probably be quite a pleasant walk, I think. You know, if, if you're someone who tends to often like company on your walks, I'm not saying that it will be there because it won't, but I'm saying that that's probably your, your best your best possibility. Where are they going? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't want to, as, as, as we've seen so many times, and it, perhaps it's impossible to prevent, but the police have interceptors and uh, in, in, in agents in pretty much all of these groups over Twitter, over social media, that obviously are keeping tabs on where all these things are. And the the, the current defence against that is largely to not mention anything as much as you can. So the police can never really find out exactly what's happening or, again, to use conflicting information. So, hopefully, they're a little bit lacklustre in how they handle their defences, but... There, as I said, there may or may not be a, a, some kind of... Uh, what would you call it? Um, social liaison of like-minded individuals uh, around London on the 24th of April. But, you know, have a, <laughs> have a, have a, have a Google, have a Google, have a, have a Twitter or a Facebook. I'm sure you'll find some information there. Might want to learn some chants. Yeah, yep. exactly. There's, I mean, they're all bangers, aren't they? Everyone is. They're, they're so catchy. The police don't seem to like them. We um, are the ninety-nine percent. There you go. Aren't we just? Um, let's dig into a little bit of uh, a little bit of headlines. Some from last week. I've seen a couple from this week, but uh, all gold as they always are. Um, let me just tick Philip off. Philip, your Oh, actually, just to add to that, so, you know, like we always do, 
when someone dies, you know, it can be a celebrity or in this case, a member of the royal family. And, uh, you know, people go, oh, you know, it's so, did you see the queen? Oh, she looks so sad sitting there. Did you see the queen? I, do you know what? I didn't watch it. I saw some highlights. It did looked you, like a big satanic ritual. Did you see the picture? So there's one. a picture going around everywhere right yeah. now. Just the queen sitting in the church by herself, all in black, black mask on, mm-hmm. looking all sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone's going, oh, bless her. Her heart's breaking. You know, first of all, you have to have a heart to have a broken heart. And there's nothing in there but the uh, blood of many, many dead children pumping through those veins. But that was the most... Do Afri- you, do, African blood. Of course. Do you, not, do you not think... Bless Wakanda. Do you not think that there is a... Somebody in the media said, look, your majesty, sit over here. And j- just droop your head a little bit and generally look sad and we'll, we'll catch a good picture of yourself. And this will, this will be the picture of, you know, picture of the nation, essentially. Mind you, we've already got a picture of the nation, haven't we? Did you see, uh, there was a, uh, a photographer who's taken what people have now dubbed to be the, the, the ultimate picture of the pandemic. And it's a very, it's a, like an 80-year-old relative hugging their daughter who's, you know, middle-aged through a plastic sheet. Oh, no. And he was on news and they were saying, oh, tell us, you know, how did you capture this? You know, tell us what. And he's saying, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about these people. And I just think, oh, "Oh, no. Yeah, imagine, you know, a big cling film hug. That's that's what we, that's that's human success. That's... That's the depth of our spirit and our soul and our passion and resilience that we're hugging each other for a sheet. It's awful, oh, isn't it? Oh, man. But anyway, that was a big uh, a big uh, foray there into the... Uh, but what I was going to... Can yeah. I just say, just before you go, right? Because um, obviously on the same day that Prince Philip died, um, DMX, the rapper, died, right? Which was the 99th day of the year. Um, and on the 9th day of the year, right? Um Personally, there's a ritual sacrifice as well. Of course. Um, and uh, what is interesting to know, I think the tech guy would know this. Um, so DMX, um, DMX was on a song called 24 Hours to Live, right? So what was the bar that he said? Um, he said, I've got 24 to live. Yeah. So he's got 24. Do you know that he died exactly 24 years after that that tune was released? Yeah. This is how Gematria works. No way. I, I didn't know he that. Was, he died exactly 24 years after he said, I got 24 more. Um, but, um, 24, 24, but you've got to give, but me you've more. Got to give me more. Yeah. All right. Wow, man. That's how Gematria works. Um, Black Rob as well um, passed away this week. On the same song, yeah, at the age of 51, right? Is that Gematria works? Five plus one, Bradley, equals? That's a six. That's crazy. Do you know what you, that's? You, you turn these nines upside down. Yep. Yep. This is how Gematria works. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I love, do you know what? There's been so many weeks when I've said, oh, I've got some stuff that... Chris won't know or Nathan won't know and I've kept them secret 
because I, <laughs> I want the surprise and I'm just sitting there like, damn, like I didn't, I, you know, really didn't know that. That's crazy, isn't it? And uh, I hadn't, like, not that I'm, um, I'll admit I haven't followed much of DMX's work, to be honest. Um, just different musical tastes as much as I respect him. But it seemed that looking through so many of his songs, there was just constant reference to heaven and hell and demon. He was and, he was you know, tormented. Yeah, he, there, was, he, a, there I was, mean, was a lot of messages in that. I mean, he one thing, he, he, he signed his soul. Um, so he sold his soul, should I say? Um, and you can tell that he regretted it, but because he sold his soul, once you're in, you're in. There's no coming out. Oh, 100 There's no going out. And um, and they got him at the time. If you say something like that on a on a lyric, they'll wait for that that period, and that is you. They will they will get you when they they want to get you like. Um, Kobe Bryant um, yeah had uh, the Nike advert or the, the advert with um, the helicopter crash um, and then there was a cartoon of a helicopter crash yeah that was on wasn't it Comedy Central uh, years before yeah years and years before of you know uh, Kobe in a helicopter and then it crashed and then Kobe was dead mm-hmm. uh, and there was so, do you know what there were so many so many similarities between what happened and I mean, so it's, it's frustratingly because it's been how long has it been now? It's been a good year, at least a good year, hasn't it? Uh, 20, yeah, 20, I believe 26th of January, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, at the time, all the coincidences were coming out, you know, all this different stuff about what you know, relating to that, and uh, yeah, that that was crazy at the time. <laughs> I've always said Kobe was a, a, a sacrifice for the elite for this whole pandemic. As as mad as that sounds, that's a mad thing to say. To kickstart. Um, if you look at things, he was um, the where he's buried is is called Corona. Yeah, the 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 place that he's buried is called Corona. Um, he was a blood relative of many of the elites. His family, um, as in, uh, he descended from obviously he descended from slave, um, slave, slaves, um, and the the slave owner's name was Bryant, who had a an affair with um, with uh, his great 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 grandmother, um, or she was raped, let's say. Um, he was a blood relative of many of the elites. Like I'm talking about the big families that we know, the big names. He's a blood relative. Um, he knew too much. And he was dabbling in a lot of witchcraft as well. Um, you can tell he's, he's bought children's books out, wizardry children's books out. Um, yeah, it's just a mess. That whole thing is just... And then he... Then he was suing a big pharmaceutical company um, because they took the name Black Mamba. So crazy, isn't it? It really, really is. I mean, it's it's always a way that when when regular people die, there isn't really there's there's not scandal there. There isn't there's no there's no secret esoteric extras that can be added to it do you know what I mean there isn't a message there wasn't a cartoon about them but when all these celebrities die there's always something that just doesn't add up it doesn't it doesn't 
even um, Scotty Pippen's um, son. Um, Scotty Pippen played for the Chicago Bulls. He wore the number 33, mm. which we all know, and the number 33. What age did his son die? Just just the other day. Take a guess. 33? 33. 33 years old. I've got a, I need to get a lottery ticket tonight. His son died at 33 years old. I mean, this is not by um, design. Um, it's not by coincidence, not in the slightest. Um, this is this is sick. I mean, didn't although he's never expressly come out and said it, I feel that Kanye has implied that his mother was a sacrifice. Yes, hundred percent, she was a sacrifice, and you could tell by the agony there that she just seemingly, just seemingly died. I mean, the only one that I I don't know about definitively is Michael Jackson. I don't know what way to air on that one. I don't know if he was because I don't know if at the time there was a video set, and you can still find it now, where the ambulance that picked him up was followed by a by a car. And it pulled into an underground. It was it was a hospital parking lot, I believe, mm. but they put the shutters down because they knew it was him. Yeah, and they obviously didn't want to get the the hospital just getting uh, the security couldn't handle the influx of potential people. Yeah, but the person who was following them got out of the car. They pulled their camera out. They started filming, and who got out the ambulance? The back of the ambulance was very very obviously Michael Jackson was very obviously him. The same clothes, same frame. Oh, wow. Same everything. I've never seen this. Just jumped out the back of the ambulance and was scurried away into a door surrounded by men in suits that shouldn't have been in an ambulance. Mm. Um, and I always fought with him. Do you know what? That's um, that's very strange because it seemed that towards the tail end of his life, he was very, very heavily hinting at different powers at work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously, obviously was, planning his, his big tour, his big comeback tour. And there's probably going to be a couple of home truths you, you towards look, that. You look at the name of it. This is it. Mm, mm. What What is it? This is it. And, yeah. You know, it's not by coincidence that that's a, that's a name. Yeah. Um, But with that, that's I'd love to see that video. I never, I never, this is the first time I've heard of that. I'll have to send it to you. I'll find it and send it to you. But it's... um. Do you know that he's the only one that confuses me because it it seems like um, it seems like with him he was I mean there was obviously abuse there there was obviously ritualistic childhood abuse there yeah. that that affected the whole family and and obviously Michael and and the family were very vocal about growing up that they were effect, you know essentially forced into performing and then physically beaten by the, the you know the dad yeah to keep on well past the point of when you know when someone should stop but then the, obviously the constant claims of paedophilia have plagued him the uh the the transition from black to white which he swears was not of his own doing vitiligo yeah which he, he swears he had nothing to do with you know he, he said i'm i'm not bleaching my skin you know, this is happening to me. Yeah. And he's been up and down, um, very, very up and down, where I just, I can't really tell hot from cold of him. Mm. And I can't tell if, uh, you know, if he was a, a, a sacrifice, if he was going along with it, it's really difficult to tell. Well, do you know what? They do say that um, when they, when certain, some celebrities die, 
Um, it's not it's not the actual person that dies. It's the role that they're playing dies. Uh, so then what they do, they play an, a different role. Mm. So if they'll, they'll, so there'll be a point where the elite will say, all right, that's it. Your role's done. Yeah. That's it. So you like will change you. You'll you'll be someone else, completely different. You won't look like yourself, mm. and you'll play a new role. Did you ever see? And this is this is quite timely because the uh, the criminal proceedings against Derek Chauvin is that his name? The yeah the 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 cop who apparently lent on George Floyd's neck. Uh, he's going through the courts right now this week and obviously the, 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 the cases have been made by both sides um, did you ever see that picture where at, you know at George Floyd's funeral there was a man standing there who, oh, looked, who looked like remarkably George Floyd like George Floyd. yeah I saw that like not that oh this person has a passing resemblance you know <laughs> he's got this that was George Floyd yeah I saw it and uh, people were saying oh that's not George Floyd that's Someone else who, yeah, you know, that's his brother. Looks I think. kind of like him. Yeah, he's. I think they said he had a twin, but he wasn't a twin, and he's not showed up anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> yep. It's the twin brother he had who wanted to kind of stay <laughs> out of the limelight. Yeah. You know, all the rest of the family went on on TV and all over yeah. the place. You know, I think there was a program where they interviewed all of them, as far as I was aware, and and no one's ever mentioned the twin apart from. Uh, you know, uh, was it uh, St. Louis Rams? I think it was Stephen Jackson. Um, used to say, "Oh, he was my twin." You know, we used to call each other twin because we look so similar. Yeah. And uh, people said, "Well, is it Stephen Jackson?" You know, because they do look similar. And Stephen's like, "That wasn't me." It was. Uh, but but there you go. It, it makes you laugh, doesn't it? As you said, sometimes the role they had died, but they carry on. And I, I do think um, I'll find this. I sent it to you as well. There was a picture from Michael Jackson's funeral of a man standing in the audience with a cap on who looks remarkably like Michael Jackson. Do you know what I mean? He's got that same chiseled face. He's got the same hair. You know, for even even from the picture, you think that's... And, and people picked up on it, obviously, straight away. Man, you what? know, people picked you know, up. I wasn't. I wasn't into all of this at that time, so that's probably why I don't even know. Yeah, people picked up on it and said Michael is in the crowd at Michael's funeral. But the thing is, how would you know? Because you're surrounded. I mean, I think it was Janet Jackson uh, went onto TV and and obviously, she, you know, they said, "Oh, Michael died," and she said, "Oh, Michael was killed." You know, Michael was. Michael was killed by external forces, and they're yeah. like, "Can you elaborate?" And she's like, "I can't," but they got him. And he knew they were going to get him before he died. Selling it. You know. And S it, selling the story. It might have even been the case, as I said, the, the, the thing that catches me and has caught me is the ambulance footage of his jumping out. But not being funny, if you knew that there was no possible way that you were getting out of a situation, you know, if you were going to be led to your effective slaughter yeah. and that you would be led there willingly or you would just be rendered unconscious and then taken there, whatever the case is. I understand he wasn't in the absolute best health yeah. at that stage of, of his, I would say, life or death. I don't know what one to call it. It depends what's going on with him now, isn't it? If, he is, uh, if it was real or fictitious or it's a ritual. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it. I mean, at, at what point do you kind of accept your fate? If you knew it was coming yeah. for, as you said, with DMX for, you know, for 24 years, if you knew 24 years I'm going to die, 
and they turn up at 24 years and you know even if you were even if you were lucky enough to overpower the people that have come to see to your demise mm. what are you going to do you know there's no way you can go where they're not going to find you you know you can't you're not you it's ended you know so how many of these people um as you said that it's a sacrifice that it's, it's essentially offered to them isn't it you know you will have you are nobody mm. And this is why, this is just personal opinion, but this is why you're seeing so many of these uh, these young black rappers and artists, you know, like Juice World, like uh, XXXTenation, like 69, who are nobody. They're not nobody. Like, they don't have a, 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 a this illustrious path. They don't have the build-up. Mm. But then they're just everywhere. You know, and their, their YouTube videos are getting 60 to 80 million views in like two days. Yeah. And you think you're nobody, but someone is pushing you. And then all of a sudden they die. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're just, they're dead out of nowhere or they're in prison or God knows what else happens. What, what's you were, you were talking about the Juice World with the nines, right? Or no, there was another, there was another guy that you said that you put up in the group. It might have been not being funny with all the, the, the rainbow hair that they keep coming out with the rainbow dreads and stuff like that. They blend together. But I think it was Triple X Tentation who there was a video of him going onto a beach where there was a ring of fire mm. and he was in the black and white checkered blazer and he's like, I'm going to sell my soul to the devil. And it was just ominous. It wasn't There wasn't a party there. There was no music there. There was nothing going on. It was just a weird little clip. Um but these guys, it seems like they're essentially, you know, it essentially said, you will never be anybody. Yeah. You know, you are going to, you're going to bumble through your existence and you're not going to be anyone. You know, you're probably from gang culture or you're from drug culture or from this. This is going to be your life. We can give you everything. You know, we can give you all the fame, all the money, all the women, all these material requirements are going to be ticked and you'll be somebody. Like you will have a legacy behind you but you're only going to have it for three years or four years or five years or six years or however long that contract is there for. Yeah. You know, and um, they accept, they accept and then they die a very untimely death that just seems to happen randomly, you know, just out of the blue and, you know, and it, it seems very much, you know, like, uh, you know, like DMX, as you said, his timeline from that song was, you know, I'm going to give you, 24 years mm. and then that's uh that's it but as, as as mentioned with michael when you know that your time is up would you really fight it if you knew it was coming for that long i don't think well they're not in control so no as i said there is no there's no kickback and i, no. I suppose that you know with, with certain individuals say um say they refused to go along with the sacrifice they could essentially just be killed on the street, and what they're going to say, especially when it is these these rappers or these black artists, they're going to say oh, it was it was gang affiliated. They got shot by someone, killed by someone, anything like that. And it goes with part of the 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 I don't know what you call them, the enigma around them. You know that kind of uh, you never escape the streets kind of thing. Someone's always yeah. trying to get you. That kind of you know two pack. I mean, uh, a good well, not a good example, but an example of one would be. Um, OJ Simpson, um, Michael Jordan, and Bill Cosby. I think at one point they were looking to um, build their own empire um, above um, 
their handlers, let's say, um, mm. and the handlers didn't like it. And uh, a few stories came out. One was uh, Michael Jordan lost his dad. Um, just randomly, he was driving, got shot by someone in his in his car. Never found who it was that did it. Um, and that was I think that was in '96. Um, and then Bill Cosby lost his son. Um, his son was um, was killed. Um, and then OJ Simpson. We all know what happened with OJ Simpson. And once that was those things happened, they started to toe the line. They didn't do. They didn't have those ideas of uh, of making those moves which would have been you know not good for not not good for the the handlers let's say it's a classic case of the uh as you've mentioned before you know the uh the house negro getting a little bit too confident you know being a being around and being familiar yeah you know was the with the, the plantation owners and then deciding to push their luck a little bit before being brought back in line, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, um, it's, it's awful really. It's, it really is. There's a, I was having an argument on Twitter today with a chap who was saying about, you know, black lives matter. Uh, cause it's, um, <laughs> this will probably get us blocked. Did you <laughs> think about it, man? I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> did you hear? And the only reason I say this is because it seems every single media platform that has reported on this has been blocked this week but the um one of the the big leaders of black lives matter um has bought like four mansions for her that's oh, right we we spoke about it and don't get offended oh did you yeah yeah, yeah so you're clued up on it um and, and, and again people who are reporting on it just their platforms just they're getting youtube strikes or the videos are get taken down For real? yeah man yeah it's literally happening all over the place and there's been several channels that i follow who have literally put the video up and yeah. they've had it taken down again wow and they're just reporting it there's, there's twitter handles that have disappeared after they've reported on it and it's awful it's it's literally you know it's and and you think why what what was what are you trying to protect it's, it's public knowledge you know, but I had a, a chap earlier who was saying, oh, well, doesn't matter. She deserves those mansions. You know, this one individual deserves four separate mansions <laughs> um, because she's she's done so much for, for for black people and black culture. And I was, you know, thinking, what, what have they done? What have Black Lives Matter done for anyone outside of really pushing back sort of race relations by several decades? You know, it's they're, they're, I really don't think it, it, it needed it. Um, and again, all he was mentioning was slavery, slavery, slavery. Oh, you know. And um, he came back to me and said, "All oh, right, so um, I have to uh, everything I want to say. I have to run past you first, and it's only if you give me permission. It's right. That's how it is, isn't it?" And I was like, "I'm literally having a debate about you about how." you shouldn't be what you're told you have to be or do what you have to do. You know, if someone is saying, you know, your you your ancestors were historically slaves. And I said to him again, you're not black history, you're black present. You know, you're, you, you've got to stop relating yourself with that. 
and be everything that you want to be and stop. Uh, I, d- I don't understand why he's, why it's kind of asking for permission to exist. And again, no one's asking for that. No one, literally, no one's asking for that. But they don't understand that 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 BLM is part of that power structure, that power dynamic, to keep it keep it all burning, to keep these fires burning. Yep. You know, heaven forbid, anyone just lets it rest. Do you know what I mean? There's 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 been no slight in history where at some point you don't have to kind of forgive it. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if it's there have been countries that have done atrocious things and people historically that have done atrocious things. And there's been genocides that we've mentioned on this before. But those people today have, if not necessarily a, a, a friendship, they have a peace between them. Because there is, there's no benefit in completely leaving the skeletons out of the closet forever. And that's not, again, it's not always forgive, it's not forgetting, but it is forgiving to some degree. You know, to err is human, to forgive divine. And uh, th- uh, there's people that don't want that. Of course, there's, there's people in these institutions and in these countries that literally do not want you to stop thinking about racism. Do, and again, that's where unconscious bias has come from now, hasn't it? You know, everyone is racist unless we're all guilty unless proven innocent. But we can never really prove ourselves innocent because we're just, you know, we're in a, a position of privilege. Um, yeah, it makes, uh, makes you laugh. But I said, maybe we'll get a... Uh, maybe because we're saying that the... Uh, the Marxist and fascist leader of Black Lives Matter is accumulating mansions disproportionately will suddenly be struck off like everyone else. How did you accumulate those mansions? Exactly. It's a word. It's, and not being funny, if you believed that your people were being completely essentially paveload and they had no opportunity to build themselves up, why would you not do the philanthropic um, objective, really, of saying, look, I could buy four mansions at, you know, five or six million pounds each, or I could literally give each of these families, you know, 5,000 pounds or $5,000, whatever denomination it is. And that would be such a massive leg up. And, you know, sure, you're not going to, you're not going to, reach every single family you're not going to you're not going to instantly solve everyone's problems with uh but isn't that the thing isn't it it's all reparations is that we're ch- you know chasing reparations but that seems a, a a far more kind of what's the word there's more solidarity there's more there's more hope there's more humility there's more uh there's more power in empowering so many of these families than there is in buying yourself so many mansions. That's what you're meant to be about. But of course, it's it's very, very, very similar to what we see with the um, the, the 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 modern Christians. You know, the very vocal Christians, <laughs> who uh, you know, they're all about God and things like that. But they've got their own private planes and they've got their own mansions and they've got this, that, and the other. And uh, you know, but but we're we're all all one and the same. <laughs> Makes you laugh, doesn't it? Makes you laugh. You'd have to laugh, wouldn't you? Is the alternative to that is uh, just just constant sadness because there's always something new to be sad about. There you go. Anyway, um, let me jump on to... Um, that was... I've just clicked that I never did the great reveal. 
It's amazing this, isn't it? When we get... <laughs> how a, we can just go... That's so, how we do, man. So many times we're, <laughs> we're literally looking at the clock on the, 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 the recorder and just going, oh my God, I'm not going to fill it in because I've gone on this big diatribe about everything and anything in the universe. Um, but yeah, let me let me rewind to my statement of about 20 minutes ago. When I said, when someone dies... We always say the same thing, don't we? We go, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're Freemason filth. And people go, oh, okay, get over it. You know, don't be stupid. Like, there's no evidence of that. Anyway, and this blew me away to, to actually come from the, uh, to come from mainstream news, like uh, the Express and BBC. Um, and this was such a sweet meet as well to have and to roll out. So it's the first time I've ever been thankful for kind of mainstream publication. Because so many people call you a nutcase when you talk about they're just Freemasons, you know, the royal family of Freemasons, and like what that that fraternity of men that are just networking to get better jobs, you know, the ones that go out and pick litter up. Old Phil was part of that. Um, you put this on the group, isn't it? I did put this on the group. <laughs> yeah. cause it was delicious. Uh, Prince Philip's secret life as a Freemason. Uh, Jute's work in tight lips society remembered. I'm sure. It probably isn't all of his work in that type lit society. It's probably only the stuff he wants you to know about. Mm-hmm. And all the other stuff is probably uh, hidden away. But there you go. Prince Philip is a Freemason. And uh, as we've mentioned so many times, and this is why I think we do quite a good, uh, albeit some could say unprofessional, uh, we, we, we are gifted amateurs, I would say, but not professionals <laughs> by any means and haven't been in this game for, uh, in regards to the doing podcast game for anything more than probably about the six or plus months we've all been doing podcasts for. Yeah. Um, we're the only people who are happy to call it out. So you might get whoever it is, Alex Jones or David Icke or any number of other people, or Joe Rogan, any of people that say, well, they give you some information, but they're ultimately gatekeepers, you know, QAnon. But none of them want to say the words like Freemasons. No one ever wants to imply that the Freemasons even exist. They really don't want to use that word. You know, they want to talk about the deep state, you know, the uh, Majestic 12 or the the Committee of 300 or all these different, um, the Illuminati. But they don't want to just say the Freemasons, you know, that, that very real institution that exists right now in your town centre, it's, you know, it's definitely not them and the, the highest degree definitely isn't 33, which you see everywhere all the time. And it was in the, the Daily Express, right? Was it? Uh, yes, it was. But actually, it's been picked up a couple of places and they're just saying, oh, you know, oh, Phil joined the Freemasons in this year and he's been part of this project and, uh, you know, this this just charitable work he's been doing. He's been, oh, okay, cool. But obviously, as it is in so many institutions... The guys at the very bottom of Freemasonry, you know, the, the first, the second, the, the third degrees, the, the Blue Lodges, have no idea what happens at the high end. Yeah. And it's the same with anything. That is literally the same. You know, the, the common objection to so much of this, not just Freemasonry, but this in, entire pandemic has been, all oh, right, so you think... All these cities, uh, you know, all these people, all these countries are just allied up and millions of people, millions of doctors and nurses and all these people, they're all in on it. No, and they don't have to be. 
and that's the that's something that that if you're making that argument you need to get your head around so i can make one well let's make two examples of this shall we so one example and i think it was hsbc the bank in the uk was caught several years ago with using their money to fund uh, terrorist action. I think it was in, oh, I want to say Saudi Arabia, but this was this is going on about five plus years ago now, probably, possibly even more. And they were caught out. Now, do you think when you go into your local HSBC to cash in your reparations check, that old Jill behind the counter has any idea where the money is going that's funding these terrorists in other countries that's buying arms from Saudi Arabia. Do you think Jill's manager knows anything about it? Do you think Jill's regional manager in the area knows any about it? I think Jill just wants to go home. Exactly. Of course he does. Same with the nurses. You know, in the ethylene oxide, as Chris has mentioned, do you think that many of the nurses know that ethylene oxide is a carcinogen? You know, when they when they give you that the swab that has ethylene oxide on it, the steriliser, and they push it up your nose, do you think that they know that? Or do you think the person above that knows that? Everything is departmentalised now. So the guys who make the swabs, you know, make them in China, and then they send them to another country or another another loud cow to be, uh, to be awashed with the ethylene oxide, you know, who then sign a sheet to say, yeah, this is absolutely fine. And again, what you, you the other the second one to, to say about this, and obviously this one is a little bit closer to home for a lot of people because you'll know about it, is the BBC and Jimmy Savile. And Jimmy Savile was doing what he was doing for years. And it's only after he died did people come out and say, I mean, Johnny Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols uh, had an interview that you can look up on YouTube where he came out decades ago and said, we know what he's about. Everyone knows what he's about. But no one mentioned anything. And when they they played back that clip on TV of him saying it, and then saying to him, how did it feel saying that and nothing coming of it? And he's like, everyone knew. Everyone knew about it. What you have to realise is that the stuff that happens at the top doesn't roll down to you at the bottom. And I've always found this, you know, that we know the symbol that they always hold up. They love to make the hand gesture. They love to flash it. They love to get the tattoo is the triangle. You know, pyramid, the, the, the peak, the pinnacle at the top, and obviously the base at the bottom. And what you'll see, particularly in America, or the American dollar, should I say, is the all-seeing eye on the dollar. Now, it's key to note that that pinnacle of the pyramid is separated from the rest of it. So the very pinnacle that has the all-seeing eye in is lifted away from the the, the other four-fifths of the pyramid. And it's showing that complete dissociation that only up until a certain point is there some kind of connection. And after that, the elite pull themselves away from the rest of us. And that's how it works. Things are are departmentalised. So you don't know what the person above you does. You know, you're in a shop, you're selling... uh, you know, you let's just say you work in a supermarket and you put, um, you know, you put food up on the shelf. Modest profession. You don't know where that food was made. You don't know who went through what to make it. You don't know what was going on. You don't know if it came from a country where there was slave labor or uh, or or any kind of fact. You have no idea what happened. You have no idea where the money goes at the top end. And again, when you get to the top, 
there's nowhere to go. The same with the government. When you've had enough of the government and you find out the government themselves are involved in this big scandal, you know, MKUltra was mentioned before, the government against the law dropping LSD and dropping drugs down on people and, and snatching children and snatching kids off the street and running experiments on them, illegal experiments. When that was proven, what happened? Nothing happened. Nothing happened because that's what it's like. If you find out something's happening at the high end, there's no one beneath that will challenge it. And it not being funny, the closer you get to the top, theoretically, the harder you had to work to get there. And would you really be willing to give it up? So think about this right now. Think about where you are in your job. And imagine you found something out. Imagine you found something out that if you brought this to the attention of maybe the media, that you could get fired for it, that it could be implicated back to you. Would you really do it? I mean, there's so many nurses that want to speak out right now about what's going on, about putting all the patients on the ventilators and watching them die. And obviously it's come out months later, months and months later, that ventilators were the very, very worst thing to use for coronavirus patients. There's something the nurses were saying all the way back at the start. We shouldn't be putting these people on ventilators. And then what happened? They said that and they were fired because they said it publicly. And what happened in the end? People just said, you know what? I've got so much to say, but I'm not going to say it because I can't lose my job. I can't lose my job because I've been in medicine all this time. And it doesn't matter what institution you work in. And the, the, the further and further up that ladder you get, the less and less inclined you're going to be to let it potentially be washed all away just so you can reveal something that most people won't care about. And there won't be compensation for you. Do you know what I mean? Look at Julian Assange <laughs> hiding away in embassies, you know, is, is effectively now stuck his entire life because he leaked something. Where's anyone coming to the rescue of Julian Assange? You know, where, where is any, he's a prisoner now for speaking out and will effectively always be a prisoner until someone eventually gets to him and likely assassinates him. That's the long and short of it. So when you go, oh, all these countries, you know, and as we said before, countries, the, 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 uh, the pantomime, that all oh, China hates America and America's is suspicious of China and Russia is suspicious of both of them and, uh, you know, the Middle East. Nonsense. It's all nonsense. It's all a play for you to get really invested in. That's all it is. That's all it's have ever been. And, and as you can see, there's been so much uh, communication. Of, of course, you go, well, they can't be working together because... They've been to war, and you know the uh, you know Germans, for example. If we're going to use World War Two as a as a as an example, you know Germany couldn't be working with England or couldn't be working with America or anything like that because millions of Germans killed millions of Americans or vice versa. But they're just cattle killing cattle. It's not the higher ups getting killed. You know, it's not the 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 bankers that are being killed. It's not the politicians that are being killed. It's not the presidents that's being killed. It's it's the regular bog-standard people that are just being sent to the slaughter. It means nothing. We're just chess pieces on that board. So if you believe that, oh, they couldn't do it, it's nonsense. Because it, they, not being funny, they're doing it, I guarantee, wherever you work right now in the world, there is scandal, big scandal. 
that you know nothing about and you will never know nothing about. And people with far more power and a bigger platform know exactly what's going on right now as they knew about Jimmy Savile, as people at HSBC knew about the Saudi arms, as people in the FBI knew about MKUltra, knew about killing kids, and it didn't go anywhere. Because those people either keep quiet because they're benefiting from it, or they're threatened, or again they speak out but no one hears them because they don't print it until it's until after people are buried in the ground and there's no more threat. I wonder when everyone who was involved in 9-11 is finally gone, what we're going to find out about 9-11. You know, because right now it's uh, there's still a couple of people that are still hanging around that, that were pretty involved in 9-11. But there you go. There's so many walls to break down, isn't there? There's so many... Um, the, the, the illusion of, of almost democracy and, and a system... There is a system, but the system you're presented is... that. That's why I think the first Matrix film, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, was so good. And why the ones after were just did you awful. Say, did you say film or, or documentary? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> the first one was so good, and the other ones were rubbish because it, it felt like they... Someone said to him, oh, you got a little bit too close there, and I didn't really like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. it's, it's, it's the same thing. That Neo goes through the same thing where... He just cannot believe that it's fake. He he cannot, you know, he can't fracture it. And there's the the the, the you know the Morpheus is leading him through the journey and, and teaching him. You know the 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 whole simulation fight where he's like, oh, you think you're breathing air? You know, if that's air, you're breathing. You know, it's all on this big journey of discovering that it doesn't exist. And it's only then that he can really see and he can function outside of it because he realised that it doesn't exist. And if you believe in this is where, frustratingly, so many of the people who are, you know, seeking the truth get lost because they believe, you know, they follow Q. This is where the, the real benefit of gatekeepers is, of course, that they respect or they start following, you know, QAnon or they like Joe Rogan. So they believe, you know, when Joe Rogan talks a lot of stuff or, or QAnon comes out and says, oh, there's a deep state, you know, there isn't a satanic luciferian underground cult that's been ruling the world for the last so many thousands of years it's just hillary clinton and and secretly hates trump and you know trump's being sabotaged by cnn and all this junk um you believe it and uh it, it very very it limits you it keeps you although they're giving you some kind of truth in that they're waking you up to the notion that yeah there is some shady dealings going on they're still keeping you in the cage they're just drawing your cage out and they, they go, right, well, this person is naturally curious. This person's looking for the truth. This person's looking for answers. Let's give them a bigger cell so they've got more room to wander around it. But they're still in the cell. You're still incarcerated. You're still in captivity. You've just got a slightly nicer enclosure. And, and that's all it is. That's literally all it is. And, and most of the time, that satisfies people. They go, oh, well, my, my last one was just a bed and this, this new prison cell's got a swing in it. You know what I mean? I'm, I've I found it. I found my truth, and it's 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 sad. It is sad. We we we're kind of in this bad place where we need gatekeepers. We need people to um, at least present us with it. But at some point, you have to spread your wings and and fly the nest because they don't give you the uh, they don't give you the truth in the end. They're not. You know they they are not a fantastic podcast that 
isn't afraid to name the Freemasons as the great evil of the world. And in future episodes, all the other various organisations, names and groups that we can't say because we've got taken down and we're not ready to be taken down yet. Still got some work to do. Yeah. Not ready. Not ready, no. But we can confirm... Um, and we're allowed to confirm because the Telegraph and the Express confirmed it first that, that, that Prince Philip was a Freemason. So. Definitely. I mean, they said it first. Yeah, we're just reporting on it. Apple Music, Spotify and SoundCloud. We did, we're just, we're just, <laughs> what's it? It's, it's, it's creative works, isn't it? What's, what's fair use? We're, we're just reporting on reporting. We're not. Yeah, <laughs> we're just, just reporting on the reports. That's all it is. We, we just, we want people to know how much good work he did mm-hmm. and we really miss him with every bullet so far uh this also from the telegraph um i love this just know that you're now if if, if you need to let your uh anyone you've heard that has said any you know starting to get critical so if anyone you know if any of your family has gone oh bloody boris Crumbling faith in Number 10's lockdown strategy is turning the public into conspiracy theorists. We're all in it now. It's spreading. I mean, that's that's the real virus, isn't it? The conspiracy vir- the conspiracy virus is, is spreading through the populace and infecting everyone. You know, that's it, isn't it? But you know, if if lockdown has made you lose your job and it's ruined your health, your physical and mental health, and it's left you in all kind of dire straits, the likes of which you might not recover from. You know, ruined your kids. You're not allowed to moan about it because that makes you a conspiracy theorist. It's crazy. That is crazy. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. He's next. It'll be a badge of honour, <laughs> won't it? But it should be. The, the thing is, how how flippant are we that someone can say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, and we'll be like, oh, God. I better backtrack. Yeah. You know, it's it's who cares? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, as, as as the Bible says, don't cast your your pearls before the swine. Who cares what someone thinks? Who is injecting their child with a vaccine? They've done no research on. Mm-hmm. I've said this so many times, right? So so if someone, if you're 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 following this research and you know someone who's got it, and they're going, oh, you're right. You get a pen and paper, give them a pen and paper, sit with them. Say, right, you write down everything you know about the vaccine and I'll write down everything I know about the vaccine. And then afterwards we'll compare notes. Because I know I could fill several pages with what I know about the vaccine. And I know most of the people around me couldn't even do a paragraph on what they know about the vaccine. I think you're being um, polite. Yeah, I would have said a a few words, let alone a sentence. There you go. So, again, it, it you know, who really, if someone's going to call you conspiracy theorist or an anti-vaxxer, it's such a, it's such a juvenile attempt to shame you into... Oh, wow. What a... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the tech guy just let out a... a I think it was a, an EMP of a sneeze. Surprised the equipment hasn't gone well, down. A, a wild animal in here, man. The windows <laughs> wobbled and the frames... <laughs> The lethality of perhaps hay fever. He was wasn't even wearing a mask either. Not no. one, not two, nothing. So, but he is social distanced. But on the plus side, we've probably all got a fifty pound voucher now. So you know, if, if uh, better get the test. This one is 
some next level stuff, actually. Um, we've said so many times, and obviously that one of the common criticisms of vaccine passports or immunity passports or whatever you want to call them, it doesn't really matter what you call them because they are just a digital ID system, um, is going to create two tiers of society. So those people who respect bodily automaty and say, you know, I, I, I don't want to put something in my body, especially something that isn't proven until 2023. I don't want that. I don't need that. And the people that just take it because they're just way too trusting. Um, SI-168, so statutory instrument, instrument, sorry, 168 has been introduced to Ireland, uh, bringing the fear of a two-tier society into reality. SI-168 allows those who have been vaccinated... Uh, sorry, let me correct myself. It allows those who have not been vaccinated. They will be fined and potentially arrested if they mix indoors with unvaccinated individuals. So, and I found this curious because they're not going... They're not saying, if you are unvaccinated and you go into a place where vaccinated people are, you will be fined. They're saying if vaccinated people mix with unvaccinated oh, wow. people, the vaccinated people will be fined. So I, so if you've got someone in your family where you might be the only one who's not getting the vaccine, where your mum and dad and maybe your sister, they've all gone and got their vaccine because try as you might, you haven't been able to convince them. In Ireland, you can they can actually go and then find your parents and your sister for mixing indoors with you. Wait, so a police just going to show up random addresses and just check to see if people are vaccinated or not vaccinated? Well, right? I wouldn't put it past them. But the fact is, so say you go out for dinner, you know, what's to stop the police going into certain restaurants or things like that? You know, certain events... And going, oh hi guys, can I see your, you know, your vaccine passports? Because they're flowing in, in, in Ireland right what's now. What's this? What's this bus? Um, what's it called? The bus ticket people. Yeah. They just show up randomly. <laughs> Tickets, please. Tickets, yeah. <laughs> and you oh, suddenly no. start to sweat. <laughs> I ain't got my ticket. No, I ain't got my vaccine. No, I've got my vaccine. Oh, I hope he ain't got. I hope he's not vaccinated. Says here, you used a, an age eighteen to twenty five rail card, but you're in your mid forties. We're gonna have to find you. But yeah, you could you, again. You could be out to dinner, and someone could it could legally. That's the thing. It's it's not so much the fact that they they could really enforce it. I suppose they could if they wanted to. I guess they want to start being pedantic. They could walk into uh, Nando's and say, "Oi, <laughs> put the forks down and get the phones out. We want to see the passports." <laughs> Wait, wait, and, um, wait, wait, here's an idea. What about this? What about no one gets vaccinated? No one gets arrested. That's too easy. That's too, <laughs> that would mean having, you know, a, 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 a sense of common sense and uh, and uh, what would you call it? Um, oh, I can't think of the word. Just a, 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 maybe you just check data. Maybe you're not easily scared. Non-gullible. That would require too much effort to actually do some research. But it's a very, very, it's an extremely dangerous president because what does it do? It, it, it will alienate family groups against each other and friends that would like to, to you know, that, that are lifelong friends. They go, well, if I'm seen with you out and about, you know, if we go to the pub and the, the you know, the local plods pop in to have a look around and they just go table to table and say, guys, hiya. 
to see your vaccine passports or anything like that. And again, how long is it going to be before they go, right, we haven't got the police to do this, but we, we need staff in the restaurants to do this. So you're going to need a member of staff, you're going to need a member of waiting staff who goes around and says, hi guys, can we see both your vaccine passports before we sit you down together? Uh, anything like that. As you said, it's, 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 it is tickets, please. Isn't it? Papers, please. Tickets, please. So I can, I can imagine the staff saying, okay, um, yeah, can I see both your vaccine passports, please? Oh, um, yeah, I've, you know, I haven't been vaccinated, but my wife has. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, just take a seat. Yeah, we got we got we got two guys. Can we get the police, please? <laughs> what, is, that, is that what's gonna happen? I think that's I think that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's crazy. But I, I, you know, I can't understand the person who said who you know sitting at their table <laughs> and said in the government, you know, should we do this? Go, yeah, that makes a good idea. You know, that's um, it's pretty good. Pretty good plan. I can't see any any possible kickback with that. You know, we, we don't really want to make vaccines mandatory because whenever medical treatments have been made mandatory in the past, it actually, factually, it limits uptake. It doesn't increase uptake because you it, you effectively entrench people into going, no, I'm not doing it, versus being able to convince them. Uh, and that's been very much the argument. You know, should we be telling people, you must get vaccinated because people go, don't tell me what to do, especially men who are less agreeable on average. It's crazy. It's yep. mad. And um, it's, again, it's a, it's a, you can't believe anything that's over there is not going to be, if successful, at least considered over here. My, my auntie, um, she got both. She's got two jabs done now. Um, but she, now she's developed a, a tumour in her stomach. Um, which is the size of a, an eight-month-old baby, now needs surgery. Christ. So uh, there was not, nothing wrong with her before, and I think that they've got to take it out. I think she's got to have a hysterectomy, mm. and, um, which means that she can't have any more kids. Yeah, that's just... I mean, the when you look into the numbers of the stuff that's happening, is 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 just horrendous, and of course the government is is really keen to to tell you, oh well, well most of most of the adverse effects are just you know you feeling run down for you know three or five days or you know you effectively get the flu or you get some some muscle aches, but that doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Most of the uh, most of the uh, the assaults on the streets, the rapes don't turn into murders. But that doesn't mean they're any less severe. And it doesn't take away from the people that die, that go blind, that literally, you know, people like her on that have these things happen, that have destroyed their whole life. Yeah. It literally has destroyed their whole life and they just don't understand it. I watched a, um, I haven't kind of folded it into my collective because it was just a video. And the person who was quoting from this document didn't, divulge what document it was but maybe i'll just slip it in here just because it, it you know if i can find out what it was find that document i can relate to it in later podcasts but they were talking in some very sciencey biochemist language about the vaccines and what they're going to do and they said that the life expectancy for people who took these vaccines would be on average about two years uh, and three years at a push 
And once you've had it, it was that was it. There was no reversing that. Uh, and I hope that's not the case. And I hope that's just someone going on a, you know, go, as I said, going on a just a random diatribe on on social media. Um, but it it read like a fairly informed post. Um, and again, if I can find any information on that to either prove or disprove it, I'll definitely bring that up. Um, but you know, we have we have said in previous episodes, and as I mentioned earlier, the the one thing that we're missing right now, when everything else is is following the plan, is the mass deaths. And again, Boris is saying, well, this is the last the last lockdown. We're not going to lock down anymore. We refuse to lock down anymore. You know, we're not going to turn to that. But if all of a sudden millions of people die, it, we're going to have to lock down. You know, we're not, we're not going to have a choice. Boris didn't want to do it, but we have to do it. And again, I hope, really genuinely hope that isn't the case because we could do without that, to say the absolute least. Uh, and again, if you look at the the average uptake age of the vaccine, it would mean that the vast majority of our, of our elderly population, um, parents, things like that, are going to be the ones who fall prey to, to whatever is the ultimate conclusion of that. Um, but it's... I do very much feel like we're in a calm before the storm right now. I don't know if you can. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's it's already. Um, personally, obviously, I've been saying it, or we've been saying it, that it's going to get worse. Um, I think right now, obviously, opening things up, um, going back to some sort of normality, um, is probably well part of the plan anyway. Um, they've already said that. Uh, obviously June 21st is when everything's meant to open up mm. and then they've already said the third wave is due for around about July and they've, they've just mentioned this super super lethal Indian variant as well um, I think uh, I can't I, I, don't, I think it was Biden was going to go it might have been a, might have been Biden might have been Trudeau again they, they tend to blend together after a while um, cancelled their trip to India because they said the Indian variant and, and they've already said it can slip round vaccines it can uh, completely avoid antibodies if you have them already and uh, I, I read an article the other day that said is the um, is the the Indian variant threatens to scarper the uh, the June release date effectively for our country well it's already there I mean you can mark this down this podcast you can mark the date down that's pretty much telling you that it's gonna. There's not gonna be a June twenty first yep. um, of opening up everything. There's of no course. way there's gonna be no restrictions. I spoke to a police officer this morning, um, randomly, and um, it wasn't on the it wasn't a on the train, was it? When nah, you didn't nah. pull your ticket out? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Do you know? It was a. It was a friendly conversation. Um, it was a nice, um, nice bloke. Um, he was wearing a blue mask. I couldn't be asked to say to him about ethylene oxide and everything. Um, I just didn't feel that, you know, the conversation wasn't that going that sort of way because he was really nice to me. And, um, and, uh, yeah. Are you sure? It doesn't, was was he, was he white? Was he black? Oh, he's a white guy. Um, This just doesn't, I'm, I'm struggling to, to process it because, I mean, he, I've always been told that, that, 
he should have had his knee on your neck and that you you know you can't get on and you can't you just, no I, I can't <laughs> just rest in peace George Floyd you know um, stop man <laughs> um, no but um, I think at the end of it we you know we spoke about um, you know obviously the pandemic and that and um, and then you know, everything was going all right until he turned around and said, oh, yeah, but I've, uh, yeah, I've had the jab. And I was, like, oh. I was like, okay. It's funny people seem to think, they go, look, I've, I've had the jab and I'm fine. <laughs> all right. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing ever presents symptoms as you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's, you know, it, 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 stuff doesn't just happen straight away. It, it never happens like that. You know? Yeah. Um, but he shook my hand afterwards when we left. Dirty bastard. <laughs> I hope you no, had hand sanitizer. No fist pumps or anything like that. He shook my hand like, straight, like, you know. I, like, I thought I was going to get a fist pump. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, but no, nah, straight probably sh- thought, handshake. I'm, I, I'm not cool enough to do this, yeah. you know. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man, but it was like part of him was, you know, about the pandemic and the other part of him was I'm still a normal bloke. You know yeah, what I mean? absolutely. I'm, I've I've never been even as I said, even when we were arrested at the last protest in London, it was complete chaos in regards to they didn't have the cells. There were so many people getting arrested that night that it was all oh, right. You're going to this prison, but we're going to have to wait three hours to book you in. And it was literally that case where I was with my singular officer for about a total of three hours, literally sitting outside the police station. In the cold, and he was like, "Do you want me to get you a blanket?" Because I literally had a shirt on. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, if you could, that'd be, you know." Gave me a blanket, um, and we were sitting there talking. And I said, "Like, how do you feel about this?" And he's like, "I hate this." He's like, "I'd rather be out there, actually, do, fighting some real crime than arresting people on the street for this crap." And um, do you know what? I, I find it. I find it a little tidbit here. My partner who went with me, she got a fine come through, the the £100 fine for breaching the courage rules. Mm. And what she didn't really have much of, because she was, the whole experience for her was quite alien. Not that I'm a, <laughs> not that I'm a pro about getting arrested or anything, but I was kind of, once I knew I was being arrested, I was like, I'm being arrested. And that's, I'm, I'm you know what I mean? It's, it's going to happen. There's no way I can get out of it. Where because she's quite anxious, she was having full blown panic attacks, anxiety attacks, fear that it would relate back to her job. In, in as I said, as a nurse, it, there would be all these, all these things, and was getting really, really upset. So her and her particular officer didn't really build much of a rapport as you can in that situation. With mine, as I said, we were we were talking for the for the full time, and I had essentially. Um, as I said, I'd, I'd, I'd yielded to the notion I will be arrested and it's just what will what will be what will be, case sera. And I never got my fine. And uh, I called up the police because um, to, to kind of get an update. And they're like, oh, we can't find any information on you. You know, we've, we've got nothing on there. So as, as, essentially, as far as we can tell, you were never arrested that night. Um, there's, there's no record of you. There's no anything. Happy days. Here. Yeah, and then, you know, perhaps it was just a good old slipping through the system. But on the other side, I'd like to think maybe the uh, the chap who I spent so long talking with and having a, a human experience with probably thought, oh, do you know, I could maybe not submit, submit this bit of paperwork I'm mm. doing or I could leave this out. I don't know. But, you know, if he's out there, uh, pick up. Um, we'll rush through the last couple of things um, just to get them on there. Um 
St. Vincent Volcano evacuation. Uh, so you probably many of you have seen this. If not, you can check out the Independent. Um, the St. Vincent, uh, Vincent Volcano erupted. Uh, the cruise ships surrounding the island would only evacuate people who'd always been COVID vaccinated. It's disgusting. It's the worst. Isn't it's it? disgusting. Who Absolutely would, disgusting. Who would think that? I mean, you're in a, you're on a small island that a volcano has gone off, and but you can't get on this boat unless you have had a vaccine that protects you against something that statistically has a ninety nine point nine nine four percent. Survival rate, I think that's anything below 30 years old. And above is like 98 point, what is it? 98.93 something. So anyway, much, much less than a 1% death rate for, we're going to leave you on this uh, this island with this massive volcano that's erupted. But, but yet the people vaccinated can be carrying it. Exactly, exactly. No no okay. efficacy rate. There's been no real okay. evidence that it prevents transmission. Okay, um, disgusting. Be ashamed of yourselves. Exactly. Yep, straight up. Um, release documents show Matt Hancock has been in discussions with Israel about their vaccine passport system since before January. Can you just call him Matt Cock? I could do that, yeah. Matt yeah. Cock, uh, yeah. <laughs> despite the vaccine minister stating in February that the government had no plans whatsoever to introduce them. That's in the Sunday Times. So uh, Ricky Sunak came up and said, we are not even thinking about vaccine passports. Mm -hmm. So don't think about that. Don't put it in your minds. But documents show that Matt Cock was, uh, was in discussions with them, with Israel, before <laughs> January. So it's lies, isn't it? <laughs> Damn him. He's a fiend, isn't he? All these people, we just need to... They're, they're like, a, like a, just the most motley crew of idiots. You know, <laughs> if this is the master race... If this is eugenics and work, we've got, you know, bumbling Boris, Klaus Schwab and Matt Cock ruling the world. Christ, what a world we live in. Good old eugenics. It's, 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 they're, they're literally the kids that got bullied at school, aren't they? Yeah. And they're like, I'll show you all. <laughs> I'll show all of you. Good old eugenics. Um, we'll probably do a bit more about, you know, this just ties into all the stuff we spoke about tonight. Um, the rituals, the sacrifices, uh, Lil Nas from last week with his um, Satan shoes of the blood in them. Um, this was from Newsweek, but it's been reported in a lot of places. Uh, can blood from young people slow aging? Silicon Valley has a bet billions it will. Biotech startups are trying to hack the process of aging and in the process stave off the most devastating diseases. So, Adrenochrome. Adre yeah, yeah. Did you know, the, you know Google Chrome, the browser? Yeah, I think you told me about this. Yeah, this, yeah. its plugin is Adreno, which I just find weird. That why? <laughs> why and, would you not call it something else? And then it's called Chrome. Yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. But um, I think I think it's Putin, obviously, like a Russian president, premier, whatever he is over there, um, has been pictured like bathing in pools of blood, um, somewhat theatrically. Um, the CEO of PayPal uh, announced that he was taking blood transfusions from teenagers to extend his life. And uh, it's there's a company, there's a startup called Ambrosia, which is taking blood from young donors and then offering it to millionaires to extend their life. And as we mentioned so many times, they do this stuff to get it into your mind, to give it to you gradually, familiarise yourself with it. 
And again, when you come in with cancer one day, they go, oh, well, we've got some uh, some blood here from some young kids. And it will actually probably help fight your cancer off. And you're not realising that by how this blood was harvested, what it means, you know, you're just thinking, well, I don't want to die of cancer. You know, I, I want, if, if, if injecting some small child's blood into me will save my life. And, uh, and then how long is it before it goes from there? You know, we're already injecting hormones and testosterone and growth, you know, to stay young. Mm-hmm. many celebrities like Jennifer Aniston has come out and said, well, I've been on, you know, I've been on hormone replacement to keep me young. How long is it until they go, well, just inject, you know, it doesn't have to be real blood. It could be blood cells from younger people that have then been cultivated in a lab, but, you know, inject that into you and then, uh, you know, you, you get a nicer skin and you just, oh, you know, youth comes back to you. If you don't believe it, there are two videos that I can think of off the top of my head um, that, blatantly talk about it. One was Sandra Bullock. Um, I can't remember what talk show she was on. I think she might have been Ellen. And she hasn't aged in 20 years no, plus, no. And like, she, at all. She she was asked, how does she um, stay young? Um, she, um, she said something about she gets injected with, um, with baby's blood. Revelation um, of the method, isn't it? Let's let's pull it out there and pretend it's a joke. Yeah, and she and people were like oh, like really, and she's like like I'm not joking, like kind of thing, and it's like they were laughing, yeah, like it was a joke. Um, it wasn't a joke; it was an adrenochrome um joke. Um, and then the other one was Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey did um, he was on a talk show, um, and I think they put. Like um, they ba- they put like blood or baby blood or something like that on him, mm. and then um, he must have turned around and said, "What was that?" And she said, "Oh, it was um, yeah, it's just um, you know, baby something or penis blood or something like that." And he and he pretended that he was angry about it, but it was all like it was all a charade. Yeah, it was absolutely. disgusting. It was disgusting. These people are sick. I just want to go on record and say they're sick. Yeah, straight up. Madonna put a picture up this week on many of her social media platforms where she looks about 20. Like, And, and if there ever was a witch, a big high-profile uh, witch... Her name's uh, Madonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Her name's Madonna, a.k.a. Simarinus. Yeah. A.k.a. the, um, the, the mother god of, yeah. of the pagan deity. Yeah, absolutely. Deity, whichever one it is. Witch. Yeah. Just reduce her to witch. Yeah. Witch and Matt Cock, the gang. <laughs> right. I think that's um that's probably us wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. Um just a quick one. Um today um Boris was on a program, a COVID program, um, being asked a whole load of questions and one of the questions that was flagged up, a very good one, um, which was um you have so many reports of all these figures. Um why not why don't you release the the figures of all the adverse um reactions? And he couldn't answer it. Nice, standard Boris, isn't it? They, 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 they've got all the answers, but not the ones that uh, people really want to know. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't answer it. And then I think at the end of it, someone said, "Oh yeah, but you've been dabbling around, um, you know, cheating on your on your partner with uh, doing your madness." And he was, oh, 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 "All right, it's finished, it's finished." <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was, Suddenly, it was, he had uh, yeah, a massive. Uh, He's ready to defend that one. Good old Boris. Good old Boris. What a tre- what a national treasure, and we need him more now than ever. Now we've lost. Oh, Prince, we've lost. Joris Bonson. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Cook and Joris. <laughs> what a world! Right with that, 
as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to us go on. Uh, we've had a few diatribes tonight, but it, it all comes together in the end. Definitely, all comes. Together I've enjoyed this evening. I'm glad I was here. Yeah, <laughs> or this morning, this afternoon, this night time, this booty call hours, whichever one you want to yep. call it. BCH. <laughs> Until next week, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Take care.